Welcome back, Guardians, to another episode of Becoming Legend. What is up, everybody? What is up? What is up? We are back. It is episode six, and we have some stuff to talk about. Let me tell you. (laughs) Yes, we do. Yes, we do. First of all, as we're coming up on the end of the season, man, how's your season been? I would say my season's been fairly good. I enjoyed the seasonal activities. So one of my favorite things from the season was the final battle with the High Celebrant, where he was bringing Fallen and Cabal into the Ascendant Plane. I thought that was mind-blowing. Yeah, no, it was definitely dope, man. (laughs) Oh, yes. Especially since the Ascendant Plane is one of the most powerful spaces in the universe where you have to have a certain level of power or lifeblood or worm mm, worm god powers Powers. to exist in there so the fact that they're able to gain that ability to survive in there is really scary it means that our enemies are becoming more powerful yes but also us guardians are becoming more powerful as well so i'm i'm fine with it you know that's right you know power creep is real on both sides Especially when you get a power boost by 50 every other, every season. You know. I'm sure yeah. they're terrified of that. Speaking you know. of seasons, this is a very interesting time in the Destiny 2 universe where we are right on the crux between season 12, season of the hunt, and beginning tomorrow, February 9th, Tuesday, season 13, season of the chosen, where we are introducing a new villainess, Kyatl, the Empress of the Cabal. I am so excited to finally meet her and see her. I had to say, when I saw her in the trailer, it blew my mind. Like, she's one of my favorite villains that we haven't met yet, and I can't wait to see what they do with her. Yeah, I I agree. I've been very excited also because it was a... There's very few female cabal of, of note, at least that we know of yet. And uh, it was very interesting to learn or to have it confirmed that female cabal have tusks. Originally they talk about like female cabal having tusks, but they weren't sure if it was just, you know, for ornamentation sake, if it was like something that they took from another animal and they put on as, as like jewelry, but no confirmed in the trailer. She has tusks, uh, which is even scarier if we're being honest, you know, like tusks means that that animal can do some damage and, uh, We've seen what the men of the Cabal can do, but I am I'm quite scared to see what uh, a female Cabal can do. As am I. Now, listeners and viewers to the podcast, you may be wondering, who is Kyatl and why should we care? <laughs> to give a, a quick summary of that, this goes all the way back to the beginnings of Destiny 2. As you remember, brief summary, brief summary uh, we were attacked by the Cabal Empire and they destroyed our tower. They sent us to live on this farm on Earth for a while. It was a sad time. Um, their leader, Gaul, who usurped the previous emperor, Callus. I'm giving you these names because you need to remember them. Callus and Gaul, and we'll get to Kyatl. So, Gaul was the leader of the Red Legion, temporarily, after he usurped Callus and sent him off into the Neither. We'll get into that later. Callus came to Earth, uh, was clapped by the Guardians. We'll just sum it up. It's a little bit of a story, but he got clapped by the Guardians and he lost. 
Since then, all of the Red Legion, the armies and swarms of Cabal that he brought with him to the solar system, now don't really have a leader, don't really have anything to do. And they've made a couple attempts to try to reform and stake their claim in our solar system, but we're, we're Guardians. We're not going to have that, so we, we just destroy them every single time. But now they get now they're starting to hear um, radio signals from the home planet of the Cabal from the new empress, the daughter of Callus, the usurped, the exiled, Kyatl. Mr. Tweezy, what would you like to tell us about Kyatl? Give us a little bit. Uh, well, I think, again, the biggest thing about Kyatl that you need to know is, is not even so much about her. She doesn't show up until more recently in the lore compared to someone like Callus. And, and if I can, I'm going to harp on Callus for a little bit. Uh, yes, please. Only because, you know, the the Cabal before Callus became emperor were a very militaristic society. They were led by, I believe the pronunciation is the Praetorian and their legion. So it was just a whole bunch of different factions aligned under a single leader. And the Praetorian's goals was to continue to, um, for lack of a better term, uh, they would continue to punish the the people underneath them. They would continue to make life hard for the people that served underneath them because they thought that that made them stronger people and made them better fighters. And they just reaped all the rewards. When Callus became emperor, the first thing that he did was he dissolved the Praetorian and he took all of their wealth and gold and began distributing it to the masses. And Callus was an emperor unlike any other emperor who focused a lot more on what he could do to build his race better. You know, the Cabal are, are a, a race that also assimilates other races and brings them into the fold and, and kind of tries to find ways to work with him. And that very much is Callus. Callus is also known for opulence and wealth and lounging around, you know, like there's things of him sitting on a throne and just kind of relaxing. And he's very much, you know, like the chill one, you know, he, he doesn't attack if you know, like he, he doesn't believe in, you know, forcing his military might on everyone all the time to show that he's the boss. Like he, he, treats his people well and, and all this stuff uh, that upset a lot of people, uh, especially a person called the consult who led, who was upset because he was a member of the Praetorian and he was obviously reduced from his rank. He watched all of his gold and all of his wealth be handed out to people who were lesser than him. And so he and other members of Callus's uh, council started trying to come up with a plot against him. They found Gaul, who was a very powerful warrior. Gaul, for the longest period of time, was actually one of Callus's like favorite people because he was such a, a powerful warrior. He was given control, I believe, of the Red Legion by Callus. I believe. You know, I'm, I'm going to put that as a caveat there. I believe. Um, yes, uh, he was <laughs> recruited from the from the stadium. That he yeah, created, from the Colosseum. From the Colosseum. Uh, Gaul was actually outcast as a child because he was an albino cabal member, which, you know, it, the cabal is also one of those species where 
at the time when they were a militant society, they would cast out their weak. And when mm-hmm. when Gaul was born, he was cast out as weak and really was uh, exiled as society for the majority of his life until I believe he was discovered um, by the consul, brought to the Colosseum, where he displayed his power and his strength. And that's where he fell in with Callus. Yes, it is. And then eventually it led to consul and the other members uh leading to an overthrowing of callus and instating gaul as the leader of the cabal callus was thrown onto his ship the leviathan and cast out into space exiled from his world never to return and then gaul set his sights on earth they discovered the traveler and uh the red war happened i don't think i need to harp over what happened in the red war if you are a new player we might jump into it at a different time because that's like the entire first year of destiny is, is that campaign. So that's a lot of stuff to go over. The important things are Gaul gets defeated. And then as, as bird has said, unfortunately, all of the red legion who followed Gaul, who came and invaded the soul system were left leaderless, you know? And so we've had multiple different factions and, and multiple different members of the cabal that were here in our solar system trying to you know recreate the faction or like you know be the new head but it never took over and keitel is callus's daughter keitel is very famous for being uh i want to say a a fighter pilot i i can't remember what she flew but the she had grown very close to uh the person who at the time was calls like general at arms you know or or i can't remember what the official term of it is and we'll correct it later but pretty much the the person in charge of all of the military uh was very much concerned about outside forces and then uh kaedal fell under her tutelage and kind of also started worrying about forces that were going to attack the ball the cabal and you know was very focused on becoming militaristic and protecting the the strength of the empire uh, and it led to a falling out between Callus and, and his daughter. You know, when Callus was cast out, you know, she was a part of the party that cast him out. And so she is now, thanks to the power vacuum left when Gaul was defeated, she is now taken over command and, and she is leading her forces here to our solar system, partially in response to... Uh, all of the damage that we as guardians have done and all of the all of the things that we of guardians have done to defeat the cabal and whatever endeavors that they're going on and then the other reason why she's coming is because as the darkness continues to play a bigger force in what's happening in our solar system we're starting to see the ripple effects and how it's not just affecting us or the fallen but it's starting to affect the other races as well so yes that's that is very correct. So now we've gone over exactly who is Kyattle. And with the coming season, season 13, season of the chosen, we're going to be discussing what she is doing here in our solar system and what will be the results of her presence. Um, as Mr. Tweezy mentioned, she is here uh, in part as a response to the damage that we've done as guardians. You know, we um, we defeated her father then later we started working for her for her father briefly and now her father's missing we defeated 
the then Emperor of the Cabal. We've defeated every single piece of, of force that the Cabal Empire has sent to us. So now she's coming to present a peace offering, but really it's going to be a peace offering with a stab in the back, most likely. Um, she's The Cabal Empire is now starting to see the effects of another threat, the Wrathborn, the remnants of Season 12, Season of the Hunt, as Cabal are also starting to become um, infected and, and hmm, how do I want to put this? As Cabal are starting to be changed into Wrathborn and serve Shivu a Wrath, that it's a new threat towards the Cabal Empire. So Kayadol is coming to speak with us as guardians and propose a truce where we use our light and now our darkness hand in hand with her legionary army to face the hive as sort of a the enemy of my enemy is my friend kind of kind of deal but yeah yeah it doesn't it doesn't really work out that way um i forget where i, I mean go with that. i mean she asks zavala to bend the knee and bow to her. And I don't know if that's because it's just hubris, you know, because of the fact that uh, she is the empress and she has to put on a show of force uh, in front of all of her people. I don't know if it's because she really thinks that highly of herself or that the guardians are in a weaker state um, because she's never really fought against us. The big thing with her coming in is, again, when they introduced the Wrathborn, these are, uh, if you go back and you read, um, the, the call of the cryptolith is, is the lore book that they introduced, uh, that you were able to unlock by completing seasonal triumphs related to the Wrathborn hunts. Uh, but you were able to see how the fallen were able to fall under the sway of the darkness. And as an extension, see we wrath by, finding these these towers of the darkness these these small little pyramids which i in my mind at least are very similar to the pyramids where the uh the stasis grenade launcher that you get with becoming light the ones that you destroy throughout europa i believe it's the exact same looking things as those uh, at least in my head that's how they work so we've seen uh in call of the cryptolith that the fallen discovered it on accident in the tangled shore and the powers of the darkness and, and the whispers of the darkness started speaking to them. And ultimately, once they accepted the darkness, it, it talks about how they've been taken over and chitin grows where uh, ether once was. And, and it's, it's kind of intense. Um, but there was also another piece of the lore uh, in the Emolent lore that was talking about Osiris kind of leading up to the last season where he comes across a group of the cabal doing the exact same thing you know and the cabal again while once a very strong militaristic force thanks to everything that the guardians have done and and thanks to the the large failure that was the red war the cabal are in a much more weakened state you know and it's just I'm I'm curious like you know we're gonna get a lot of great lore this season especially with with them and I'm I'm curious to see how all of this again will continue to play out in the year you know because Kaido's coming back or Kaido is coming and are we going to face off against her is she going to become like a friend kind of like how Aramis was in the dark below I I am 
I'm interested to see because there's been this rumor based off of a cutscene that parts of the Guardian were going to team up with the Cabal to face off against the darkness. And so is Keitel going to be that group of Cabal at her and her I'm going to call them the Blue Legion because they have blue flags and blue banners. Um, her and, and her Legion of Cabal, uh, are they going to be with us or are they going to be against us? You know, and we're going to see this next season. That's a very good question. <laughs> That's a very good question. Um, one part of the lore that I'm actually really hoping that they acknowledge and perhaps expand upon with this current season would be what happened to Callus's Chosen? What happened to the Guardians of Earth who made the decision that they want to work for Callus, that they believe in Callus's ways, and they're kind of dark guardians? There was a small sect of guardians who pretty much, if you got the entire se uh, seasonal armor for Season of Opulence, I believe it was, you as a guardian are saying, yes, Callus, I want to represent your empire and your beliefs, and I'm on your side. So just be what I'm curious to find out is just because Zavala and Osiris say no in the initial meeting with Kaidal does not mean that she's done trying to recruit us, as well as the darkness is trying to recruit us as well. So will she speak to those guardians who are working for Callus? Will she try to recruit us in a way where she can promise us more power, maybe more understanding of the darkness? Does she have insider knowledge on the pyramid ships and the darkness were, I'm sorry, does she have insider knowledge on the pyramid ships and information she may have gleaned from her father Callus when he met face to face with the darkness? Um, it was a very short bit at the end of the season of Chosen Trailer, but there is a section where it looks like it shows a dark Leviathan ship. Perhaps we go there searching for Callus to find out exactly what happened. I could see that being a end of the season event. Um, similar to the event we had at the end of Season of Opulence, where we went into the Leviathan. However, it was in a, a hive zone inside the Leviathan. So it'd be very interesting to see what they introduce here. Yeah, specifically with that end stuff, you know, there, there's a line uh, in that end of the trailer where Osiris says, there is no light here. Uh, and then you see a, a Screeb, you know, you see one of the... the scorn explodey guys that's that's the best way to describe them if you know like you don't know what screeb is and if i say you know scorn explodey guy you know exactly who screeb is um because there was also a piece of lore regarding that they were you know the the question uh especially amongst the the reddit raid secrets group was was talking about the importance of the screeb and and what that meant because uh, we didn't know if there was like a small little piece of flavor text, like it was a throwaway line where they were talking about the disappearance of the scorn. And they said, is it because of the Wrathborn or is it because of Callus? You know, uh, and, and my curiosity is like with Kaido coming in, we haven't seen Callus since the darkness showed up. The Leviathan disappeared. Uh, someone said we've never seen Callus at all because the Callus that we defeated was just a giant robot, but that's neither here nor there. Um, my curiosity is, will he be making a reappearance now that his daughter has? You know, um, because he he's still the the guardians that he chooses, his champions were known as Shadow. If you if you encounter a guardian who runs 
who has that title has that seal you see it above their name their shadow uh and we were by and large the most powerful shadow that callus had in in his army there was other guardians and other like members of strong races like the strongest that he had seen in his travels but there was none as powerful as we were and callus all the time that he talked about it he talked about while he was exploring space he he came up against a force and we've believed it to be the darkness because when callus came and, and spoke to us he he spoke to us about stuff that was going to be happening in the future that led us to believe that there was going to be another collapse, you know, or that the darkness was going to appear. And now that has, um, and he talked about, he would, he would talk to us about how, you know, we needed to grow fat with strength and how, uh, we had the power of the light, but it wasn't as, it wasn't the most powerful thing that he's ever seen, you know? And I'm, I'm curious as we continue to, to progress and, and explore this storyline and, and his his family tree, his his arc or whatever, um, what information he has as well. And if he will make an appearance to kind of shed some light on some new things for us, because we again, we haven't seen Callus in a long time. We haven't really done anything for Callus since Season of Opulence, which was before Shadowkeep dropped. It was the last season before Shadowkeep. Um, so I'm just curious what's next for us. What's next for him? What's next for his, his, his brood, if you will, you know, whatever it is, it's going to be amazing. I hope so. I, I really hope so. <laughs> uh. And another bit of lore that has come out towards the end of season of the hunt Bungie releases web lore, one exile to another. It's a pretty short uh, little little web section, and it just kind of gives the it just kind of gives the vibe or the emotion or the feelings that Crow is having as he is about to make his journey towards the city. I'm actually very glad that I read this this web lore, um, Mr. Tweezy and I had a little discussion last night on Twitch where I had certain opinions where I was completely wrong. I'm so glad that I read it. I don't think you're wrong. Like your your opinions are just as valid as mine. I just I had a different one. Oh, yes. Yes. (laughs) So listeners, to sum it up real briefly, um, in one exile to another. Basically, the crow is nervous about moving to the city because while he'll be able to experience things he never has before, good alcohol, great food, friends, family, a bustling city, all of the emotions that come with that, there is also a risk factor where his ghost, Glint, tells him, you can do all this, but remember, do not take off your helmet. People cannot know who you are. You can do everything you want in the city anonymously, but as soon as you remove that helmet, people are going to feel a certain way about something you did in your previous life. Um, in the middle of this section, Osiris shows up and to briefly summarize what he says, don't worry about it because I was an exile too. And if you stick with me, I'll help you through this and I'll help them see you in a way where they see your potential and your value, who you actually are now, as opposed to who you were in a previous life, kind of, um, becoming a mentor to Crow, if you will. Yeah. 
I'm not gonna lie. I was a little upset about uh about how that went down. You know, like they're talking about all the things that they're excited about doing, you know, and it's very small things, you know, like Crow is excited to eat food that doesn't taste like metal and oil because all that he's experienced has been with the spider and everything is is contraband. Everything is smuggled. Everything is shipped in with other things. So he's 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 looking forward to what he can experience. And Osiris recommends the ramen shop. You know who used to like that ramen shop? My boy Kate. (laughs) They got rid of my my ramen coupon and everything. Nah, (laughs) I thought it was very weird that they that that was something that they did. It is a great ramen shop, Um, but yeah, very much like the idea was he that Osiris was kind of taking him under his wing and being like, listen, not like eventually you're going to get found out. You can't keep this secret for long. Eventually, they will know who you are. Um, and at that time, you can find me. You know, it is also like, you know, hey, like, I've got your back, you know. And, and I think it's interesting because we've seen over the course of the years, you know, we've seen the evolution of Osiris. You know, he used to be the great warlock you know the the sun singer who light was so radiant that it literally shone off him and people were blinded by the power of his light alone you know we met him in trials of osiris and he's able to create these echoes of himself these light echoes of himself that were able to explore the infinite forest and all of these different vex permutations to understand how best to to navigate humanity in a way where the the vex don't win and then once we finished curse of osiris we brought him back into the fold you know we we saw him continue to be in exile continue to kind of do his own thing run his own you know run his own simulations of things he is responsible for us bringing back like, correct me if I'm wrong. He's responsible for the discovery of the sundial and us bringing back Saint 14. That's right. You know, him with a little bit of help from the drifter brought back Saint 14, who took over for uh, Brother Vance and, and, you know, trials of, of Osiris, trials of the nine. Um, and it, it's very interesting because we've seen him continue to be confident and cocky until this past season where he lost Sagira, his, his ghost and he is now lightless. And the thing that we talked about on, on, on my stream last night was just my view of him is that he is, he used to be arrogant because he was the greatest PVP guardian that we had ever known. And he believed himself to be unbeatable. And he now without Sagira, there was a thing, <laughs> there was a, a line when they were talking about what happens after the loss of Sagira, where Sagira had a, a message that she sent to Ikora, and the message said, he is not as strong as he thinks he is, or as, he is not as strong as he pretends to be, you know, and we're, we're slowly starting to see that more human side of Osiris. Like now he's at the tower, he's under Zavala. He gets to spend more time with his love, Saint 14, 
you know, and I think he's just slowly starting to think back on his life and, and think, you know, in his youth when he was young and, and brash and he would fight against the speaker in St. 14 about the, the traveler and, and what the role the traveler was and what was more important to study. Um, you know, he was very eager to cast off all of those bonds that he had with people. And, and now that he's, he's lost his light, you know, he realizes that he needs more people around him to kind of help him continue to feel as, as strong as he once was in a way. Yeah. Deep. Yeah. Yeah. No, that's, that's, but yes, no, that, that really summarizes who Osiris is right now versus who he saw himself as. It seems like Osiris has really gone from offering solely his ability to interact with the enemies of the universe and gone into maintenance management with the Vanguard. You see him present in the in the season of the Chosen trailer as Zavala's right-hand man. Mm-hmm. He's there to give his opinion and his advice on all situations Vanguard-related. And right now, Zavala really needs that. He is starting to show signs of wear and distrust in the Traveler. And he's, Zavala's been really going through it. So it's going to be very interesting to see the input that Osiris has on the Vanguard life and how Osiris will respond when it's time to introduce the crow to the Vanguard. Yeah, because Zavala... I could see him as an intermediary because you know Zavala's going to get... He's going to lose it. Yeah. I see it happening. Because, like, you you also got to remember that Zavala and Ikora and Cade 6 were a fire team together. That's you know... Right. And while in the past we love to riff on the fact that Cade Six was was the one that told all the jokes and he was the fun one, like that that fills a very important role when your job is to maintain the security of the city and all of its inhabitants. You know, there there has not been a new hunter vanguard for the longest time. The hunters left the city. It wasn't until the Traveler reformed himself that the Hunters came back to the city. So Zavala, uh, you know, obviously the rumors have been that Zavala is being corrupted by Savathun and, and he is going to eventually turn in some way. And I've been hoping for a while that the Crow was going to play a part in it. And we'll see. <laughs> um, but Zavala also, you know, has a, a very heavy burden on his shoulders that I, I don't think a lot of people appreciate, you know, Zavala is the leader of the Vanguard. He is the one telling the guardians what they should and should not be doing. And as we continue to fight against more things, Cade is, is used to be the one that would kind of lighten the mood a little bit and kind of keep everybody laughing or, or you know, like, at least have a, a, a well-timed enough joke to where the serious things you know, you could take a step back and kind of laugh before getting back into it. And now he doesn't have that. You know, Ikora is very much off by herself still. You know, she's still doing her research, but she doesn't fill the same role. And so I think with, you know, Ikora asking Zavala to take Osiris in as, as a console, um, I think it is also because she sees the weakness in Zavala as well and the, and the burden that he bears, you know. We have Saint-14 back. We have Osiris back. And Saint-14 and Osiris used to be 
you know, the Titan and the Warlock Vanguard members. You know, they used to fill those roles of power. So it's also nice that there's someone who understands the burden that those roles carry to be there as like a, a, a voice to talk to, you know, hopefully Osiris doesn't get funny all of a sudden and start like, you know, making quips. But, uh, you know, uh, I am hoping at the very least that Osiris kind of is, is more of a, a tempering force to, you know, kind of brings Zavala back to more of his old self. Because he hasn't been this eight since Cade died. No, he hasn't. And yeah, I would very much like to see that as well. If Zavala can return to the Guardian that we know him as and wipe any doubts we may have about his corruption, yeah. at least temporarily, that would that would be a little nice little, That'd be a nice little, little gift thing. to us, Bungie. I appreciate that. I mean, remember, Zavala is the one at the beginning of the Red War when uh, the Red Legion attack the tower. He is the one that brings everybody in to his bubble shield and like protects everybody that was in that room. You know, Titans as, on, as a whole are known for punching things, but they're also very much the ones who are are tasked with protecting everybody. So... Hopefully he can get back to that and he can he can kind of let loose and have some more fun. Oh, yeah. you know. Zavala, use the darkness. You know you want to. <laughs> yeah. I don't know. Because the, the danger in the darkness is also if any of the guardians use the darkness that are not us, you know, from the from what we know of the dark future. Uh, uh the potential of, of it taking over and just turning bad for everybody is is, is high, you know. Anna and and uh, Eris specifically, you know, bring about the end of the world as we know it, you know, by by aligning themselves with the darkness. And so I think that's a, another big thing is just like because the temptation is great, you know, like the, the darkness is the ultimate form of temptation. And so if Zavala gives into it, will Zavala be Zavala anymore? Look, these are deep questions to ask on a destiny podcast. <laughs> oh yes. No matter which choice he makes, they have huge implications towards his character. They do. And, um, it's very interesting that they can have such a dichotomy on this one person where one small decision such as which subclass to use, yeah. can define his character and who he is and who his role will be throughout the situation. Mm -hmm. We are now within 12 hours of the launch of <laughs> Season of the Chosen, and I'd like to take this segment to ask you, what are, the, some of, what are some of the things coming this season that you're excited to experience in the game? <sighs> things that I'm most excited to experience... Um, there, there is a small part of me that is interested to see what they're going to do with the two Destiny 1 strikes that they're bringing back. I believe it's Fallen Saber and House of Devils uh, are, are the two strikes. I'm very curious, just from a, a, you know, from a lore standpoint, how they're going to bring those two strikes into the game in a way that's going to make sense for where the game is at currently. Uh, because House of Devils is no more. Uh, you That's know? Right. <laughs> like, um, 
we I, I just I'm I'm very curious to see how those strikes are gonna be held or like implemented into the game and, and lore wise what they're going to mean. Uh and also just how good is it gonna feel to run those strikes again? I haven't ran them in three, four years now. So you know. Also do they get just thrown into the, the strike pool? I don't know. I'm really hoping for at least small advancements in the lore to exactly like you said, like how do they make these strikes relevant and not quote unquote recycled content? I'm going to speculate a little bit here with the fallen saber strike. If you could somehow turn that into a, we're trying to wake Rasputin strike, because I remember you do go into a Rasputin layer into that specific strike from destiny one. So maybe there's some sort of technology in there that can be used to awaken Rasputin from his current form, which is just a tiny little engram, would be interesting to see. House of Devils, I don't know how they're going to make that. Yeah, there's there's really no that way. That one's hard. Unless you somehow make it about the Wrathborn, because we do know that the Wrathborn are, are maybe coming to the EDZ. As you said, there are uh, rumors, and I guess we'll find out within 12 hours we'll if find we're out. going to have Wrathborn strikes on the EDZ. It would make sense to have them in old Russia as well. So perhaps the Wrathborn are starting to do something. Who knows? We'll, we'll find out. <laughs> yeah. I mean, past do we that. know if these strikes will be released on day one or will they be released through as the season progresses? I think they're coming day one. They, they talk about them in the, in the same way they talk about everything else. Uh, I wouldn't be surprised uh, if, if we're going to talk about... Uh, game design and storytelling here uh, i wouldn't be surprised if these were strikes that as we continue to do the seasonal activities they are strikes that we are kind of nudged towards doing to kind of help with it uh because i don't again i don't know if we're going to be like if they're just going to show up in the cosmodrome and, and they're there from day one are they going to be in the strike pool and it's just going to be a, a a luck if if we get them as, as the strike that we're running when we're when we're doing our weeklies uh, which aren't even a thing. Oh, are those even going to be a thing anymore? Man, there's a lot of changes, actually. There's some good changes coming. There's some uh, not so much fun changes. Um, I'm not going to not going to rant too much about the sword thing because. Uh, dude, that made me mad. If we're going to, you know, if we're going to be real. Oh, yeah. Swords made me swords mad, made you me know. Mad, you know. Hey, you only have a couple favorite swords and now they're telling you, yeah, don't really use those anymore. Well, it's not oh, even that. Okay. It, it's also just also like good. we had swords and those swords like they implement. They brought in this new sword, right? The lament. And it is the only sword that will go through like completely through a, a shielded enemy, enemy shield. Right. Only one that does it. Uh, we only have seven swords. And they said that 65 percent of PVE activity is being used with a sword, and they just think that swords are too powerful. So they they nerfed sword damage. Instead of nerfing the the more the more acceptable thing of like, you know, sword ammo capacity to like 30 or 40, that would have been fine. You know, but you introduce this new powerful sword. That new powerful sword, I did I checked it out because I was very angry <laughs> at this change. The lament alone is responsible for 10% of PVE kills. A gun that was introduced in the last three months. 10% of the current EDZ kills, or 10% of the current PVE kills. 
are from them. And because they introduced this powerful sword that has a role in Master and Legendary Lost Sectors and Nightfalls and all of this stuff, because we're using it, they're like, no, we, we messed up. Anyways, I'm not I'm not going to rant too long about that. I'm glad to see that they're fixing uh, the rocket launchers. You know, rocket launchers have felt weak for a long period of time. Really, the only reason why I've ever used one is because it's part of the weekly bounty from Banshee. You know, but I don't know, man. And also, aren't they trying to put Rasputin into an EXO? They are gearing towards that. They discussed the, they discussed Rasputin's exobody in the Dark Future lore book. But currently, I don't believe they've said exactly what they're trying to do. We know they're probably going to do exactly that and try to put him in a Vex body. I mean, that would be probably the only thing who can handle Rasputin's coding. But you know, we'll see. We'll see what happens. But currently, I don't believe we have a plan for him that we know of. Yeah. I mean, that would make sense. Uh, I, I'd be interested with that, you know, especially because, uh, Clovis Bray is back, uh, in, in the giant Clovis EXO head thing. Uh, I'd be curious to see if he plays a bigger role in that, but also I don't know how to feel about interacting with Rasputin, like in real life, you know, like he's been big red for so long, you know, that's right. <laughs> Well, we'll finally have a body to take out our frustrations on. Rasputin is, he's a hero, he's a villain, he's a genius, he's a psychopath. He, he's so many things in one. And yet he's one of the greatest hopes that our species has at the moment. We have no choice but to rely on his insight. Um, it would be very interesting to see if Rasputin and Clovis do interact once Rasputin is revived. Yeah. Kind of a AI father-son type deal. Just like Rasputin had with his son, but that's a whole nother episode. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, man. No, I'm excited. I'm excited for this next season. Again, like the biggest thing that excites me every season is just more lore, more story. You know, it's 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 easy to kind of feel the burnout at the end of a season, you know, uh, especially when it's like seasons like this. Not that this has been a bad season. Right. But typically the first season that comes with an expansion is typically a little bit lighter on content because you also have the entire expansion content as well to work through, you know? So I'm hoping that with this being the first, uh, DLC season after the expansion, I'm hoping that we get a lot of lore and we can start either answering some of the questions that we continue to have, you know, who is Keitel, you know, What's going on with the Cabal? What's going on with the Wrathborn? I hope we can answer those questions, but I also am excited for the fact that we're going to get more lore, which means that I'm going to have more questions uh, within like two weeks about what does this mean and how does this fit in with this and you know, trying to put together the puzzle piece that is our experience in the Destiny universe. That's right. Um, I feel like this coming season with is really going to be the build-up as far as lore. Because as we are getting multiple seasons for this Beyond Light uh, expansion pack, or I'm sorry, this Beyond Light expansion, they're also 
really, it seems like starting to build up the story of the hive and the darkness and perhaps Shivu Wrath. We know that the clock is ticking on the Witch Queen, which will be coming uh, fall 2021. So in this meantime, will we experience, will we truly experience Shivu Wrath and what impact will that have on the story? What events conspire to bring about our our face-to-face with Savathun. Yeah. It'll be very interesting to find out. Uh, I'm excited to see these next couple months. I'm excited for the Guardian game, surprisingly. Uh, I want to see if we can get <laughs> Warlocks on the map. Hey, Warlocks out there listening. Warlocks, I need you to really, really go hard in the Guardian games, all right? The Titans can't get it again. Listen. If Hunters win, I'll be, I'll be okay with that, but the Titans can't have it two years in a row. Uh, listen, I, I thought everyone... I thought the, the consensus was that we were all going to throw Guardian games for Titans last year. You know, so I just need to do it. We need to get on Reddit and figure out who we want to win this year. And, and that'll be that, you know, I'm sad that we're not getting Crimson Days, but it also uh, kind of makes sense, you know, because it's uh, it'll be the first weekend of the season will be when Crimson Days was supposed to be. And that's just a little too soon, you know, in my book. I still want to do the expansion. Shit. So, but yeah, I man. Guardian games. There's more than enough content to keep you occupied. It'll be difficult to add in another timed event within the first couple weeks. Yeah, plus doubles in in PvP is just not fun. You know, like it's it's just it's True. it's it's a fun time if we had a lot smaller maps, but we don't have a lot of smaller maps right now. So it's just you know, let's just not do it. Let's skip it. Let's do it next year. You know. <laughs> yeah, that sounds great. I'd be looking forward to that. Yeah, man. You know, we got crossplay coming. We got a whole bunch of stuff coming. Eventually, coming soon. With changes know. being implemented this season now to accommodate that, PC users, watch out. <laughs> yeah, your recoil. Oh goodness, you have to you have to deal with recoil now. Darn. <laughs> sorry, I'm I'm a, I'm a console man. I understand. Like I've played on PC. Like I play with keyboard and mouse. I understand. But at the same time, you know, uh, I'm glad to see that we're we're slowly instead of balancing for keyboard and mouse and then console separately we're kind of just starting to bring everything back in the fold of of one massive balance so that hopefully you know they can spend more time working on the sandbox you know they can not have to worry about having to work on completely different weapons for completely different ways that people play so we'll see again dude the the next six months of destiny have me excited Crossplay, uh, the coming back of of the you know the Vault of Glass, uh, more of this Destiny One stuff. Figuring out what the Destiny content vault is actually going to be, you know, it's, it's a great time to be a guardian. That's all I know. That's all I know to say, man. It's a great time. Best time to be a guardian. <laughs> yeah. It's been a pleasure speaking with you again, Mr. Tweezy. As Thank we you. Now have our sixth episode of our podcast. We're really doing this thing. Yeah, I mean, you know, six in. Apparently, it's serious now. <laughs> Very serious. <laughs> but yeah, man, it, it's been it's been a fun ride. I'm I'm looking forward to to six plus more episodes with you, man, and, and continuing to explore uh, this this wonderful world of destiny as as uh, as we find out more stuff. Yes, we're doing a really good job of painting a path through the D- Destiny universe for our viewers and listeners. But I want you all to know that this is leading up to bigger things. There are stories that we have not discussed yet. There are implications, multiverses, 
gods of gods, and it, it, it's a whole thing. So I really appreciate you staying, listening through our episodes, tuning in every two weeks, and please stay tuned. Enjoy the season of The Chosen, and we'll talk to you in two weeks and give you our impressions. Yeah, we will definitely give our impressions. We'll be able to talk more uh, about what's happening. You know, to plug ourselves real quick before we we you know get out of here. First thing, if you guys like the show, if you follow us on on Spotify or on uh, Apple, you know, podcasts or whatever, uh, leave a review. Let us know what you think. Like it actually, it sounds cheesy, and as you listen to podcasts, you're like, oh man, like they gotta say it, but. Uh, it really helps us get an idea of what it is that you guys like or or what it is that you guys want to see from us. Uh, and as we've done six episodes and as we look forward to doing six more, you know, we also want to get feedback from you guys, what you guys want to hear, what you guys want to know about. Is there stories that we're not talking about that you want us to spend an episode talking about? Like, let us know, man. We're we're available everywhere. Craig, where can they find you? I can be found every Tuesday and Thursday at twitch.tv slash bird up b-i-r-d triple u-p i can also be found at the instagram and facebook of the same name how about you sir where do we where do we find you uh you can find me on twitter i am at taylor zeller um i'll talk about a variety of things obviously i'm i'm uh from the esports world so some of my tweets are gonna be about esports some of my tweets are gonna be rants about swords and destiny you know it's you never know what you're gonna get with me uh past that i stream on twitch.tv of course it's twitch.tv slash tweezy it's spelled x-t-w-e-e-z-i-i-x the x's were cool people i'm telling you (laughs) i'm gonna make a comeback now uh, but I stream uh, I stream late nights, uh, Fridays and Saturdays because of, of work. I'm still trying to figure out what those times will actually be on a permanent basis. Uh, but look for my Twitter. Uh, I'm going to try to get better at tweeting out when I'm going to go live there so you guys can catch me there. I typically either stream Destiny or some other stupid game that I have on my Xbox. And uh, like Craig will tell you, Craig was in my stream last night. Literally, I went from playing Gambit to... I sat in the tower for an hour as we talked about the lore of the game, you know, and, and that's right. That's I right. have, Didn't I you love get in a little bit it. of the last week of iron banner too. I did. I, I dude. <laughs> iron banner <laughs> is fun. <laughs> iron banner is fun. Uh, stasis still needs to be balanced in PVP, but iron banner is fun. Uh, yeah, I, I, I was knocking out all of my quests, uh, to, to really finish off all of the adored wraps, but, Come on by, like we'll talk destiny all day. Like I, you think I'm done when this podcast is over? My wife is tired of hearing me talk about this game every day for f- six years. So, yeah, man, you can find us wherever. Talk to us. Let us know what you want to hear, and and you know, we look forward to talking to you guys in the next one, man. Absolutely. All right, See you guys, know. in two weeks. Later. Bye.